Hello again. This is episode number 39 of FIA Goes PC, or Project FIA Goes PC, which has become a trend of mine to say lately. As always, I am joined by our very talented and patient, occasionally, producer, Winifred Moxello. Hello. And also, uh, yes, we've pulled him away from all of his gambling habits. We've crossed many rivers and mountains and fields together, holding hands, fighting off evil bandits. That is right. If you need a tag team partner, he's your best bet. It's the Unicorn Slayer, a.k.a. Pete, say hello. Hello. How's things? All good. Been a while. We were running three mountains hand in hand yesterday. We were. We were. Yeah. yeah. And skipping, fun. skipping pastures new. Mm-hmm. Very good. So, yeah, I've got my Starbucks. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously uh, fully set with my uh, casual sponsor, Starbucks. Good coffee. Don't know if anyone's ever heard of them. Came from Seattle a long time ago. It's almost what, a biblical. Coffee did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long That's time an old ago. coffee. A long time ago. Yeah. It's, well, it's like a good wine. Mm. Uh, it, it gets better over time, like roast chicken, which also had rosemary too. Anyway, so yes, we're obviously delirious and crazy. Well, we have had, we've had quite the adventure. As we said, part one was last time we sort of took you on the trip to Macau with us. We are now going to complete that adventure. Still haven't fully recovered. Still uh, a bit jet-lagged from our 40-minute crossing. <laughs> it was... A bit sea-lagged. A bit, bit, bit sea lagged. Well, I don't Quite know. Lagged. Wasn't it a Jetco boat? Something like that, that it called itself? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah. So, yeah we Jetco-lagged. Were, we were jet-setting mm. over the water, which I'm not sure if it's a healthy combination. That, But, uh, no, it was cool. So, yes, we set you up. We uh, left you at the pineapple. You've been there all week. Hope you've enjoyed it. And if you don't like pineapple, we, we apologize sincerely. Um, we could have called it a lime, I suppose, but that would have been untrue. As far as buildings named after food, is there any much past the pineapple and the gherkin? Can you think of any? No. Off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head. Because the gherkin's more like something... It's not really gherkin-y to me. It's more like a stretched-out egg mm. in London, that is. Like a rugby ball that somebody sat on. Yeah, or planted firmly into the ground. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. So the gherkin, that's a good one. We haven't left you there. We've left you at the pineapple in Macau. So we're all there still. All of them. All of them. We've just paused them all week. Mm. Press the pause. Yeah. But we've, Daddy's uh, making hand movements indicating pressing a pause button. I am, yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, the natural... Either that or he's just having a bit of a... Episode. Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clicking my panic button, mate. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Help me, help me, help me. You help do me, that come around a lot, don't That's you? That's right. Well, it's more morphine, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I want more morphine. <laughs> anyway, so uh, enough craziness. Yeah, that's the Starbucks talking. It's so old, the coffee, that it's. Uh, and it's only your 19th today. Yeah. Doing well. 19, 1990s today. Uh, so, yes, we're left at the pineapple. We're going to go onwards uh, to Macau now. We'll reset our minds to what it was like. So once we had established all the tourism and stuff, which was a strange thing of them taking a picture of the external, but very few actually going in, it's also a hotel. Good to point that out. And across the street from there was the hotel and casino of, was it Lisboa Lisboa. Hotel and Casino? Which is very confusing. Mm. It is very confusing because they're very similar named things. They're not actually linked either. No. Because no. there are signs saying at the casino, if you're going to the hotel, please go back downstairs and walk across the street. <laughs> I actually feel like it's an interesting point that you pointed out because 
I believe that's the Macanese version of Romeo and Juliet. Are you from the Lisboa or the Lisboa? It's uh, two families both alike in casino ownership. <laughs> and they fight for the death in the conveyor belt that links the two of them. And it is a conveyor belt. Wherefore art my chips, Romeo? <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. And it's it's not some Newcastle bird in a shop late no, at night. No, 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 it's not. No, it's or a, or a seagull. Yeah. Which is often your top client in Newcastle for fish and chips. Indeed. Seagulls, a lot of them. So, no, it's not that. It's basically, you know those travelators that are basically human conveyor belts? Yeah. I think they should always have like little price things that click on halfway along the way so your value goes up the closer you are to your destination. That's what I think. <laughs> Just to make life a bit more cooler, especially at a casino. But yeah, we actually did. We we climbed up there because we were convinced that we could probably do something on the lift. It was a pretty cool little glass box lift thing. And then you get up there and just realize that it's one casino or the other. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like either of them, you fight to death in the middle with sticks, <laughs> which is very good. But we, we also had an inkling of a theme that would happen that day as we're filming because casinos obviously around the world, really, are quite difficult places to film in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when you turn up with a one-person broadcast crew and a bunch of surveillance equipment, you could be <laughs> considered potential burglars. Although it has got to be said that security weren't that fussed about taking the actual cameras inside. Well, this is the thing that was interesting, because that comes later. Mm. But at this point, we hadn't even tried yet. No. Because we were being respectful. We had a similar experience when we were filming in Vegas years ago, Win and I, where they come on you in seconds. Like, you don't see any security in Vegas. Until it's on top until of it. Until it's there. They mm. sort of come out of trapdoors. I think doors. they took about 15, maybe 20 seconds. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. And they were very polite and cordial mm -hmm. and kind of cool, actually. But in Macau, I think people panic when it's us because we're two big lads. Their security is obviously kind of of this size and area. So it's almost like we could just sit on them and walk in anyway, pretty much. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those. And there were a lot of old security lads, weren't yeah. they? Fairly old people. Kind of uh, a very interesting cultural difference to Vegas because in Vegas they're all sort of MMA bodybuilder types, you know. The guy that we had actually when we were filming, he came to us, was quite short, but he probably worked in special forces on a weekend, so you never know. They're all those that didn't quite make the NFL. Yeah. yeah well, the, the big ones are. The the the, uh, the casual ones in the casinos, I think, used to work for the president in <laughs> Secret Service. I'm pretty sure. They must have had an official job because the, the security in Vegas is like state-of-the-art. Uh, Macau feels more like a mall security, mm. but they're very polite and oh, yeah. cool. So basically, that was our first nod to a recurring theme that would happen very frequently after this area. <laughs> so we kind of crossed the road. Saudi Hotel and Casino of Lisboa, the, the sequel, so to speak. And that was a lot smaller, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot smaller. Hotel looked a little bit like a very upright leaning tower of Pisa that wasn't actually leaning at all. <laughs> it was very similar to that. Very gaudy, though. It was very black poorly, that one. Yeah, it was. It was the colours, wasn't it? Yeah, colours and the shapes. and Neon yeah. purple and green. and Yeah, a lot less glamour. Yeah. No real big parking areas, no real... <laughs> Interest from tourists. In fact, there was no parking area right at the front at all, was there? No, no, it's just a walking. Mm. I think there was a lay-by. I think that you could pull into the lay-by there. But basically from there, if you pivot, you see this glass monument from there that looked like a beast had flown through the floor. Yeah. Proper strange, that was. That was very strange, wasn't it? It was all kind of 
half rainbows. Yeah. Just kind of jagged together. Jagged stuff and things that look like shark tails. Yeah, as well. pretty much. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Art. <laughs> According to you. I think it was a secret uh, Superman original Fortress of Solitude. I said that to Pete. Mm-hmm. I think before he moved it to the Antarctica, he tried it there. Didn't work out too hot. So he had to move along. The ice mounted in a weird design. Who knows? It could have just been a sand version. And he eyelized it all to, to crystals. As you do. Yes. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. But across the way there is the bridge that leads you to Venetian and all the other stuff that's mm-hmm. on the other side. I think the Paris, the Parisian, mm. and other things are on that side. Yeah. But then on our side, we had the win, W-Y-N-N. We always had the win. <laughs> but that was a different kind of win. We didn't lose her. I'm still here. Which is pretty much a carbon copy implant of the one in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Some maybe subtle differences, but it's pretty much the same thing. And uh, that was an interesting one. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Across the way from that is the MGM Grand. I believe it's the Grand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the same name as the Vegas one, but completely different building. Very different. Kind of like you noticed a bronze... A kind of bluish and a gold. It was it, it, it was bronze, silver, and gold, and it was yeah. kind of three boxes that were stacked on top of each other, but not precisely. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, slightly out of shape from each other. It was really, really cool. Yeah, wavy boxes. Yeah, yeah, very wavy. Yeah, they were waving at us <laughs> a lot. Across the way from the weird monument, there was also a building that was very black and curvy. It wasn't a casino. It looked like an official building or something. That reminded me of a building that's in Santa Monica, but a lot bigger, like three times the size of it. So it's interesting, man, because at that side, you could really be anywhere in the US. After yeah. That. Like, that's when you suddenly leave. That's when you have the proper casinos. Yeah, that's it? when you leave, like, the Portuguese side and the Chinese mm-hmm. side. And on that, just that street, it's only a street, mm-hmm. because across from that, actually, because I think the the win is uh, connected to the MGM, but across the way you've got the new uh, the Lark. Lark. Yeah. Lark. Lark. It's a Lark. It's where you Lark around. perfect French there. Lark. <laughs> Lark. Lark. Get a, bit of, get a bit of phlegm in your throat to yeah, say I did, it. Yeah, I did, yeah. I just sound like Kareem Benzema then. Really mm. uh, accurate. If anyone who knows who that is, he plays for Real Madrid. Go figure. It's French. So, uh, Lark was very good. And uh, when we were like... MGM side because we were basically navigating this from our place. We had to go down a subway, which li- literally come out of the Hotel Lisbon, and you go down a subway, which is unlike a lot of subways here or New York or anywhere like that. It was a very strange one because it had that kind of like rolling sort of glass opening, and then you walk down into it. And it was almost like Soviet Russia. Yeah, it was in in the Cold War. It was really short. Like, the yeah. ceiling was the really secu- low. I, I could have walked into the security camera. Oh, yeah. the security cameras. That, that's the thing. The security cameras were massive. It was right yeah. in your face. Literally in yeah. my face. Yeah. I mean, it, I know people are shorter, but, like, that <laughs> That basically, I think Pete and I on the security camera, you'd have got our chins. <laughs> so it was quite a weird one. And they were very big. They were, like, two skateboard blocks. You could have had a dentist on the other side telling me what to do with my teeth. Absolutely. It was that close. It was very, very strange. And uh, big. And and it was just vast nothingness, no no real advertising down there, no. just blank walls. Felt like I said, it felt kind of dystopian. Mm-hmm. And it was quite a long walk across the uh well under the road before you get out the other side. 
And there was actually a crossing that you could have gone out the uh, arc side. Mm-hmm. And then on our side, as we came out, we literally came up the stairs. We'd been to old school kind of Portuguese, very old school kind of Chinese. And then suddenly, before you know it, we had Hero playing the old, whatever song <laughs> yes. that was. Not the Tina Turner one <laughs> or the anything new. Uh, kind of It was in Shrek. It was. It was in Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't in Shrek at Hero this point. from Shrek. It was the version of I Hero think, I from Shrek. I think it's a little bit older than that. It was older than Shrek. <laughs> a lot older. No, Probably but I think the version was that one. It was that version. Yeah. It was that version. But it was that song playing. I think it was in Flashdance or something. Maybe. Something like this. That sort of time. I don't know. Answers on a postcard, please. Yeah. Yeah. If you know what song we're talking mm-hmm. about, which you don't. And make sure it's a nice postcard. Uh, it could be a heroic Mm-hmm. Postcard for the song. I think it's called I Need a Hero. Probably Not is. Not just Hero. Yeah, I think it, you're right. I Need a Hero. Mm-hmm. Would you like to sing us a few bars? No. I think it's in adverts uh, in the UK before I left for a yogurt or something, Steve. Or Vision Express or any of the above. I Need a Muller. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. <laughs> no, it's definitely in a UK advert. I just don't know which one. I Need but Some Vision. I need some uh, help understanding what the song is. Yeah. Uh, but basically, we came out of that. We heard that song blasting mm-hmm. through a tannoy. Span a Rooney round to find a crazy fountain display. Yeah, with like napalm firing up, pretty much. Like it, I thought, the Undertaker just walked down the street, but apparently it was a feature of really big fountain. That was the most Vegas thing we'd seen. The whole front of that is very Vegas-like. I mean, it's really vast. You got a huge screen telling you stuff that's like going on in Macau. I noticed about three things advertised. One was a bun place. That tells you to have this pork bun that you had. <laughs> and then one of them was like a cafe or something. See, I thought that was advertising all the stuff that was actually inside. Yeah, no, it's not. The hotel. No, it's all Macau. Mm. And the thing that's weird about that is in Vegas, it would be. Yeah. Mm. You'd have a whole list of stuff that's going on in that hotel. Because MGM um, was studio run. Like the studio mm. obviously runs it. Obviously the studio's Sony now. So I think the casino separated, especially in Macau from association but the one in america had like i think it was fx which was like a theater show that we went to see with david cassidy and all this stuff when we went it was like 90s whatever but the whole thing that you can do in a in a casino in vegas is pretty much a holiday in in amongst itself you could probably spend five days there in one casino Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah But when we came in, we saw that swim pool area in the sort of tiki lounge, wasn't it? Oh, that was really cool, that was. That was pretty crazy at the win. yeah. Mm. Like somebody just put a swim pool in the middle of a jungle. Yeah, yeah. Obviously a fake jungle. Yeah, not a real jungle. No. Um, because if they had, there would have been tigers and things. No, no lions. How do you know there wasn't? No lions, though, because lions don't live in jungles, no. despite the song. Uh, but yeah, like basically, like the whole thing was kind of really elaborate mm-hmm. and considering what we'd gone through and seen it was a bit of a culture shock it yeah. was like you're going through a portal <laughs> in vegas yeah um but pretty much it was quite empty it was quite subdued almost mm. like you'd walk through a few corridors there's not a lot there it was all like paneling you felt like you would just walked into the hotel part but you hadn't and then you kind of curve around to the back side of it and that's when you have the restaurants appear in the bars yeah. and stuff and it suddenly gets really really expensive mm-hmm like shocking, crazy expensive. We didn't even look at the drink prices at the bar, did we? Because no. we were thinking about going there for a drink, but yeah, it was mad. Well, when we were planning the trip initially, we were looking at the hotel buffet prices, I think. Yeah, like this is at the yeah. MGM. We're talking a win now, but the MGM comes later. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, all of the hotels will offer buffets. I mean, 
but you're looking at like what was it 50 quid a person thereabouts yeah yeah we were thinking we might be the record of oh, the, for the uh, coke for the for the coke yeah yes. yeah because we'd actually gone this is prior to podcast and we'd actually gone to the island to see our football teams mm-hmm. and so we'd gone to the wolverhampton meeting zone yeah in one chai and then went to Champs Bar after that. Yours is Churchill's, wasn't it? Was it was Churchill's Bar. And we'll point out at this point that it was $40 for a pint yeah. of lager. So that's, that's, like that's about, about four pounds. Pound. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we went to Champs Bar for the, for the Liverpool game, didn't we? Yeah, well, that, that came later. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the beginning one at Wolverhampton one was kind of like um, most... Whenever you go anywhere in the world, if you go to Spain, even America or anywhere like this, and you've got like an English sort of pub. Yeah. What I consider ye olde English yes. pub. It's all set up like a specific way, which is more to me like Boston, like a Boston yeah. bar, right? <laughs> but for some reason, I think it's all English, right? So it was kind of like that. It yeah. was rammed. Oh, it was, yeah. It was happy hour. It was happy hour. And they were selling fish and chips and Cornish pasties. They were, yeah, in glasses, uh, <laughs> smoothed down to a paste. Uh, but it was kind of weird because we had a split at the at the Churchill place because... Half, two the games crowd, half the crowd were West Ham watching the West Ham versus United. No, no, I didn't see any United supporters there. No, I didn't. Good job, really, because they lost 2 0. Yeah, it's it a very good job because mm. I was wearing my Liverpool top. Uh, but basically, on the other side, we were seeing that. And so we were actually there for a bit, and we're digressing like hell here. But then we actually gone to Champs Bar after that because Liverpool played kind of two hours or an hour or so yeah. uh, later. And so we went to there, and that's the official supporters club bar of mm. Liverpool Football Club and it was really big it looked like uh, we said that it looked like an old biker bar from uh, Sons of Anarchy set or something like this or a, a social club a, yeah social club yeah. yeah it was that kind of feeling because you walk down the stairs and it's sort of like fight club mm-hmm. happens here but full of memorabilia from different football teams yeah. for some god knows why reason I had a David Beckham top which no <laughs> Liverpool support would ever really allow it was when he was at Madrid it was yeah but even then um especially then we probably wouldn't like that either but basically you had a lot of memorabilia on, uh, of the club and it was pretty cool full of locals though your mm. the churchill's place was full of experts yeah. yeah so that was a nice contrast uh the difference was at this place you have to pay in so it's like 180 per person and you 80, get, yeah, yeah 18 that's so you get two drinks with that yeah. ticket probably because of the late license because mm-hmm. it was going on till four and that's where we ran out of tickets and you bought me a Coke, didn't mm-hmm. you? And that was how much? $55. Which is £5.50. £5.50 for a half pint of Coke. So now we've done our digression and we won that night. Thank you very much. It was mm-hmm. very good. You drew. So that we was did. good. Good result. All around, really. Very late on. Very late on. Mm-hmm. So we now fast forward and we're back to Macau. We're at the mm-hmm. win. And our decision was, can we find a Coca-Cola? <laughs> Not a pint, just a glass. Mm-hmm. Worth more than 55 Hong Kong dollars. We never answered that because no. we, we uh, couldn't be bothered. I think just, the answer would have been yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it would have been more like 650 just for a glass. Yeah, but also, without the Coke. Um, Yeah, exactly. Just for a glass, <laughs> just for a glass. Just for a glass. Just, just to be in the bar. Yeah, yeah. But it's important to note that the bar in this place, and this again, if you cross Vegas and you're saying 50 quid a head, which is in dollars probably about $53 for a Vegas buffet is insane. It's important to note that Vegas buffets are notoriously cheap. They're very, very cheap. But the big brass hotels, they'll gourmet up a bit. It'll be a bit more gourmet, probably about 20 bucks a head. 
Um, but Macau buffets are in a different league. And we'll explain that league because when we went through the win and got through it all, not our producer, we weren't burning holes for her. <laughs> we left the win because it was a little bit too extremely highfalutin for what we were wearing, which is mostly sweaty clothes at this point because we've been filming all day. And we sort of went to the MGM Grand because we had more familiarity with it. And I was saying to Pete, oh, yeah, I'll be okay. I'll be somewhere here for a drink because I remembered when we went there, the foyer buffet, and it was a little bit cheaper back then. Not by a lot, but a little bit. The buffet was actually in a round in the main foyer of the MGM Grand, but they were renovating the casino floor. So half the sections were shut down yeah. and stuff like this. So thinking that things would be more or less the same because you don't really expect the buffet to be shifted to one side and all this stuff. When we actually got there and we walked into the doors very confidently saying, oh yeah, you can get a Coke here for about probably about $250. It won't be too bad. <laughs> we walked to the same buffet, which had now moved in its own enclosed sort of area of the hotel, casino, to find out it was a Michelin-starred sushi yeah, restaurant, yeah, for a limited time doing a buffet thing there. And that's the difference. You don't really, like, basically Vegas does have highfalutin restaurants within the casino, but it's separate. Like, Ramsey's flagship's there. There's a lot of different flagship Michelin-style restaurants there. But the buffets are usually for the people mm -hmm. who can't afford all that stuff. Yeah. Not here. Because from there, it just got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> so we left yeah. there thinking, okay, there might still be a central courtyard buffet thing, which is now turned into a Godiva flagship for Macau, Belgian chocolate to a layman person. They sell coffees probably at $6,500 a pop. And next to that was the buffet that we'd seen online that had shifted to a seafood-only thing, which when Pete and I checked out the counter to see the display of what they sold, it was yeah. literally the growth of most crustaceans. Yeah. You had a, t a little shrimp, a tiger shrimp, a king prawn, a Canadian king prawn, a red european or spanish king prawn or something then 25 different varieties of lobster <laughs> and then oysters yeah going up to uh, i think the most Crap. expensive was 160 odd quid yeah 160 odd pound just to look at the display mm -hmm. character yeah so we pretended to be blind and walking into things mm -hmm. and we didn't have to pay for our looking at stuff but in that courtyard you had one of the best aquarium tubes this world has got. See, I thought that was the buffet when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you're right to think that because they send you in with spear guns. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you have to stay at a hotel for that privilege, you see. Damn. Yeah, I know. They drop you in from your room through a chute and you just have to spear hunt your breakfast. Yeah. I'll have to try that next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you might get wedged, mm. but that's fine. Are you calling me fat again? No, no, no. I'm just saying that people are smaller here. Mm. There you go. It was a tubular aquarium. It was. With the coral running straight up it. And it was pretty big as well, wasn't it? Massive. Huge. Not just saying that it was absolutely enormous. You'll mm. see because we filmed it. Yeah. But moving along from there and the courtyard experience, which was like, to be honest, if you've never been to Macau and you've never seen the square that I've forgotten already, Sir Serrano Ham Square. Senado. Senado. <laughs> Sen Senorado. Senorado Square. Sen Senado. Yeah. Just think Bernardo with an S. Okay. Senado. Sonata Square, it was pretty much like a scaled, this the courtyard bit had become a scaled version of that. Mm -hmm. Like being in the Pirates of the Caribbean set or something. Where it was all like the four corners of, you'll see, we filmed it. Mm -hmm. It's on the episode, definitely. Part two, 
I think it will be on. I don't know. Who knows? The episode part two of the TV show that we, you know, Wynn's looking at me as if I'm making up that we did. It's on YouTube. You'll see it on YouTube. <laughs> it's uh, one of them. Uh, part two of the special. I'm saying special, mm. which is like, I don't know. We haven't edited we it. We haven't edited it. It might, be, it might be in part seven. <laughs> we haven't never edited know. This, this, so I don't know what episode yeah. is going to be what. Uh, it's got to be uh, pointed out that Wynn has been on the gin today. Uh, just on it. She hasn't <laughs> just, drank Just sitting any. on the bottle. Just, yeah. just pretty much sitting, just keeping it warm. Trying to hatch it. Cut, yeah, mm-hmm. hatching an evil plan. Trying to get all those little miniature bottles. And I'm just on Starbucks mm-hmm. from many millenniums ago. Millennia. Millenniums. I like to create words when I'm on Starbucks from past times. Because there you go. So we passed our tubular aquarium mm-hmm. in the MGM. There's not a equivalent in America again. They they don't do stuff like that there that I know of anyway. Because I haven't been there for some time. It might be different now. But we left there. And at this point, we, we were thinking we need to do something inside this casino. So we walked out to the foyer. And at that point, we sort of asked security if they didn't mind us. Not the casino bit, which is a big hell no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. But the just, the, bit. just the hotel yeah. bit. And they were totally cool with that. So we, yeah. did, we did our filming inside. I was very glad we did. Mm-hmm. Before going back through the casino floor. Now, we have omitted this. This is different too. I'm sure Vegas is more like this now as well. But there's gates on every exit, metal detectors and all this mm-hmm. stuff. With an old lad. Yeah. Who's their security guard on each posting, right? But the one, the main entrance, which you come in through, we actually made friends with the guy who was the only guy there that looked like he could probably run security. He was massively built. I think that's purely because you couldn't figure out how it worked. Well, I went through and beeped off everything because I walked through the exit. Yeah, there was three doors. Two of them were an entrance. Yeah, and and I walked through the the exit. I like red. Red is my color. It's my favorite thing. Mm. So, obviously, I made friends with that security guard who thought I was a bit special. But on the end of it, when we came back through after filming, that guy, the same guy, mm-hmm. was really cool because he remembered yeah. us. Because we sort of asked him, is there a bar or a restaurant nearby? And he said, you got to go through the whole floor and go out the left or yeah, whatever. Yeah, sent us through the casino. Through the casino mm-hmm. with all of our equipment, which looked very suspect. Because, obviously, we couldn't find anything that was just selling drinks. There's nothing mm-hmm. there that did. It was all restaurants, so I don't think you could just sit in there and have a drink, to be honest. Maybe at Godiva for a coffee, but nothing else. To be fair, it's that big. We probably just missed it. We possibly did. Mm. I'm not sure, though. I don't know. There was no obvious place to just get a drink from, like sit down and drink. They didn't have a 7-Eleven in there, that's for sure. They didn't. (laughs) Or a 11-7. Or a Circle K or a K Circle. They had none of that. So as we walked back in real time, about six or ten minutes later, we gave a nod to that security mm-hmm. guard and gave him a high five. And he was a very friendly lad. He was a really cool dude. Probably from Middle East, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it was just, a, I just want to say this to wrap up like the MGM security team, especially because the Wynn security team were just kind and very mm-hmm. nice and polite. We didn't really push for anything there. We didn't really interact, did we? No, we didn't. But the MGM one, they were really cool. Mm. They were very friendly, very happy to help. And uh, not this is a different thing about America. They weren't uptight. So no. they were just casual and, and kind of polite and nice and happy and very helpful. 
I don't know if it was the aquarium, but I felt like the atmosphere at the MGM was a bit more relaxed because people mm-hmm. were just sort of sitting around near that Massively area. Massively so. As opposed to the wind, where everything's shiny and mm-hmm. expensive yeah. and people were there to shop or Well, whatever. I mean, it, to be fair, like, I think the wind was, uh, it's more of a hotel setup. Mm. The MGM feels more like a casual malt. There was a lot of people I noticed on some of the uh, chairs that were like tulip bulbs. <laughs> yeah. way of saying it. They were like literally using it as an easy hotel. People were sleeping. Mm-hmm. And they obviously, they probably weren't staying there. They were probably just tourists that needed a kip. Like, but, you know, no one cared. Yeah. It was really chilled. It wasn't busy or anything like this. It was really relaxed. So when you're passing through the security guy and you're giving him a high five, one thing I did want to say to the security guards was uh, we could probably tell you a really good place to get new T-shirts from. New mm-hmm. hoodies. New anything. Like for the summer security detail next year, you should go to Hobo Bait, which is a Hong Kong branded T-shirt company and apparel. There's apparel too. And you can find them with the Teespring community, I should say. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Hobo Bait. Because they're amazing. And they've sponsored our series. Uh, basically, kicked us out with all the t-shirts you see on the show. And if you're wondering where to get them from, we had exclusive ones designed for the show. It's slightly different from what you can get in colour and design. But you can get pretty much anything you see in Pete or me wearing through the mm-hmm. series at Hobo Bait. So I'll just tell you the website again. It's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Hobo Bait. And they've also made FIA themed stuff. Mm-hmm. which is really cool. The colors they offer on the website are actually really nice. Yeah, there's a lot of colors. I we... like them more than the ones you have. Well, that's fine. Well, you're, thank you're, you. you're, you're allowed to. We, we had exclusive ones designed for us, so it's like character and all this stuff. So it's we had special stuff, which at some point you'll hear we'll do competitions and stuff and probably throw a few of them away uh, to lucky fans. Not throw them away, literally, off a cliff. <laughs> Give them as, as a competition prize to some loyal listeners, some more subscribers, if you subscribe. But if you want to see what we're talking about, pick up your apparel for next winter. Well, it's coming up winter. Winter is soon. What am I talking about? Winter is coming, people. Christmas is coming. Christmas is. is coming. I'm pretty sure that's a Game of Thrones uh, t-shirt right there. But if you want, if you want any, like, amazing, they're all funny stuff. It's kind of cool. Uh, funny stuff uh, for guys, girls, and anything in between. Go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo baits. We should tell the security around the world to get mm-hmm. stuff. I think if everyone uniformed themselves with hobo bait, be a better planet. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, it's a Hong Kong store. They sponsor us. Great. So moving through the security, we've come out of all of that stuff uh, at the MGM. Bit sad that there wasn't anything to just stick around and chilling because we were really, really needing that at that point. But we did clock going in mm-hmm. across the way there. Trusty old golden arches, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Pete? I mean, when you need them, yeah, they seem to pop up here. So this was like our sixteenth reason to go to McDonald's, wasn't it? Well, I had actually said earlier in the day um, that it's the longest I've been in a foreign city without seeing either a McDonald's or a Starbucks. Yeah. That was when we were going through all the early stuff. Yeah, all the yeah. Chinese all the, yeah. side, yeah. But there is a Starbucks, at yep. least one, that we saw. Once we hit Sonato Square, there was a Pizza Hut, there was mm-hmm. everything. Well, we we, we yeah, discussed yeah. that last time, but yeah, there was Jeez. there was all of that. But there were, like, it's only one Starbucks and one Pizza Hut in that area. There's a mm-hmm. McDonald's somewhere around there, but we couldn't find mm-hmm. it. But the one here was sort of tucked away at the end of the strip. Yeah, it was. So right at the end, pretty much the residential side again. Uh, above it was all residential stuff. 
it got a bit Chinese to that corner again. I think there was a Chinese casino in between that. No, it was Lark. 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 Lark was there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we nipped across the road. Had a We hadn't eaten for a long time at this point because we've been literally mm -hmm. real-time recording. So we got our, our uh, you know, 11s <laughs> at like 4.30 or something stupid. Um, had something quick just to restabilize it. You had a McFlurry, didn't you? I did. And when I had a McSlurry and I had a McFederry or something. I think they rhymed. Yeah. You had a Coke. Uh, well, that's it. <laughs> I had a Coke, yeah. Thank you. That's what they call them. Okay. With, uh, without a straw. I had a Coke without a straw, folks. Yeah. Fancy that. And also, I had a cheeseburger because I'm vegan. Yeah, yeah. It's a burger. Just a burger made out of cheese. Made out of cheese. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a cheese cheeseburger. That's still not vegan, though. It's, I hate it's to tell vegan, you. It's vegan cheese. Yeah. The cows didn't eat any meat. I'm pretty sure of it. The, ca the cows were vegan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's make it, that makes it a that's vegan. That's all that matters. That's it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's once removed vegan cheeseburger. Once removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Once removed. And I'm sorry, if you love animals so much, then stop eating all their food, please. Yes. It's important because I need food too. <laughs> and so you got to uh, find an alternative, like eat them. I don't know. That's just a suggestion. They are vegan. Yeah. So it's totally okay Good to idea. eat a cow. It's fine. I think. Once removed vegan. There yeah. you go. That's what all meat eaters are. Once removed vegans. It's true. So once you remove the vegans from the conversations, <laughs> we went back across the road because we wanted to finish film. There's we, we actually clocked from McDonald's. We didn't even see this because it's all tucked away. Mm. The world's biggest lion. Yeah. And we're talking <sighs> a big lion. We're not going to ruin it because you'll see it. We've actually, we're talking we 50 foot. It. Yeah, but we also did something really interesting. For the first time, mm -hmm. we switched the perspective. And Pete and I were using GoPros to have our perspectives mm -hmm. for the first time in the history of our filmmaking. Just us. Just us in this room. I was in that world first. I'm fairly certain at least three kids from California on BMXs have used GoPros. Well, that's a shame. But not like we did. See, GoPros are actually always, I think, majoritally some kind of adrenaline use like mm -hmm. a water slide like the world's craziest water slide roller coasters mm -hmm. bmxing over <laughs> canyons like a crazy person motocross mm -hmm. power gliding uh wind's doing a motion here that basically looks like rowing she's that uh, <laughs> oh, oh right you you should never ski because you don't do it like that <laughs> what what wind was just doing with her hands was not skiing I have my legs crossed. It's kind of hard to oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not how you ski with your legs crossed. It was the same kind of motion that you do to put across the idea of a train to a child. Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a chain train. <laughs> a, a chain, chain train. train like <laughs> movement. So we're moving on from there because she's delirious and crazy. All that gin she sat on today I know, is crazy. Yeah. Madness. So um, we used our GoPros. Mm -hmm. And like I said... Most it's, it is pretty much a daredevil's camera, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. To try and capture all the crazy, scary stuff, cable cars and all that stuff. We didn't do that. No, 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 no. We just filmed ourselves walking and talking. Mm -hmm. So that's a world first. That's an exclusive use of how not to use a GoPro. And we, we were very good at showing people how not to use them. It was pretty cool. I loved it. It was good. Oh, it's fantastic. What we've got is amazing, but you can judge for yourself. Mm -hmm. It will be out there on YouTube as soon as we've edited it at some <laughs> point in the uh, next millennium. Uh, what did I say earlier? Millennium. Millennium. Correct. I speak like George W. Bush a bit, don't I? Millennials. 
It'll be up there in the next millennials. I don't know when they're coming, but they're coming. That's a great new Marvel superhero book, by the way. Millennial Man. You've had Guard- no, you had Guardians of the Galaxies. You had your X-Men. You need millennials. It needs to happen. Everyone born at 2000 <laughs> and whatever have superpowers. Um, So I liked it because it freed us up. Yeah. And it was kind of hands-free for a bit. And Wynn had a bit of a respite. At this point, it's safe to say, because we're at four o'clock now, the traffic in Macau had got obscenely crazy, Mm -hmm. like LA rush hour, but in a very small square mile. When he's showing me something on a phone, it's very offensive. There's actually a a series called Millennials. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Is it Marvel? It's uh, Argentinian. Yeah, but that's not... Marvel needs a superhero comic book. (laughs) Argentina's already got one, apparently. Well done, Argentina. Thanks for that. That's great. I like it that you show me things I can't read right in the middle of my sentence. Very good. Very helpful. You are a man, so therefore you can't multitask. Well, I can't look, because mm-hmm. I'm staring at the wall, uh, thinking of a better life for myself. Thinking, I wish we had windows in this cave, but we only have a sun... A sunroof. Sun, uh, sun, sun hole. Sun hole. A sun hole mm-hmm. in our cave. God, I and stained glass. It's like being in Jane Eyre. God, I wish I could exist out there. Jane Eyre? Yeah, Jane Eyre. She was Jane, but she was stuck in the air. Didn't you know that? That's the classic novel about Jane stuck in the air. You never heard, read that? You never heard? She also named a rock. What? If you can just imagine me bashing my head <clears throat> off the wall right now, everybody. Yeah, what? that's a. She named a rock. Eyre's rock. Yeah, Eyre's oh, rock. Jane Eyre's rock. Jane Eyre's rock. Named anyway. Yeah, it's Ooh, ter- Terry. Terry. It's Terry. Terry Rock, or the Rock, <laughs> <laughs> who often comes to Australia to promote something. Um, anyway, moving along. That was a good <coughs> tangent. Everyone's coughing and dying around mm, me today. I, this, I think this is the what I was saying about the pollution in Macau because the the traffic had lifted. You were feeling a bit ropey. Mm-hmm. It was an extremely hot day, and there was also a cholera warning on our way in, wasn't oh, there? Oh, that's something we should. Yeah, mm. we didn't really mention that when we're on the ferry. They <laughs> like to say again. We, th- I think it's Pete and I. They, they follow us, don't they? These random warnings. Yeah, it's basically like we got to Doha and they they were talking about you know. Some kind of Middle Eastern respiratory di- right as, disease. Yeah, we sort of mentioned that, but right as we were landing, when we were in uh, the trip to Macau on the on the catamaran or catamarangi, mm-hmm. uh, we basically got told that there's a cholera epidemic, pretty mm-hmm. much. Well, we think we got told that. We couldn't really understand because it was in a different language. No, they just gave us an information we leaflet. leaflet. Yeah, yeah. We had a leaflet, leaf, a leaflet, a leaflet, <laughs> a, a, a leaflet. <laughs> We had a leaf lead. You're not French. Uh, no, I, I was. I had my French teeth in. We had a leaflet, a brochure, if you will. Mm-hmm. There you go. I can say that. Of cholera and the risks, I guess. Of a brochure of cholera. Yeah. Yes, we had it was a brochure made of cholera. Of cholera. It, it was of it cholera. It came the free sample. Yes, it did. Yeah, sample pack <laughs> that you give to your worst. If Nemi, you like this Nemi. cholera, please try some more. Exactly. We've got more where that came from. We've got a whole bucket of cholera <laughs> outside. About cholera. It was a brochure about. It was a PR stunt about cholera. We had some information. <laughs> did you enjoy your time. last bout of cholera? Yeah. <laughs> Have we got something for you? <laughs> We've got hats now, <laughs> not just the belts, um, but basically. Basically, like, yes, so we had a nice health warning entering into Macau about cholera. So that became an in-joke for the day. But it was, at this point, 
it was so polluted. Wind was phasing out. We'd had probably 34 degree day mm-hmm. and not a lot of inside aircon that we're all used to. It was pretty much all grind and going outside. We'd already gone through about four t-shirts. Thank you, Hobo Bait. Yeah. Um, Humidity at about 70%. Yeah, it was pretty brutal, man. And it's all like, you know, it's all going, not much airflow when you're in the casino nope. parts because it is all covered. And so we'd come out of McDonald's knowing that it was now and ever. We have to start dusting off the series. So we're wearing our cameras. We had this really goofy, funny joke that we're going to play on the exit of the win hotel and casino. Mm-hmm. As soon as we got there, we got shut down by security for the first time. Mm-hmm. In a whole day. It actually happened. Yeah. But very kind. Very nice. He said... Very nice about it, yeah. Very scared to talk to you, because mm-hmm. not not very good at English, this lad. And so he was just trying to be as uh, polite as he could be, not understanding that we weren't actually going to go into the hotel. Mm-hmm. We were actually trying to do a joke there and then, which he ruined. <laughs> so we had to think on our feet. It's the price of improvised comedy, folks. Think on our feet. We slightly adjusted it. But because we had this new POV, it was easy, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. We had a very, very easy time filming it. And after that point, I think my favorite bit of the day started happening at at the end of that. So we crossed the road and then it was up to you and I to tell a story backwards, retracing our steps, pretty much going back through the Chinese mall stream to the port. Yeah. We got the ferry. So And we did have a lot of fun doing that, didn't we? It was amazing because basically the thing is when you sort of detach yourself in improv and you're especially in a place that has different cultural things, it's so easy to just create a narrative. Yeah. And we did that. Got lost a bit Mm -hmm. because the one thing I found was really interesting about filming the GoPro mounted on your head was you kind of lose your eyes are more conscious about what a camera's picking up than you're, you're actually seeing in real time. We're not seeing a camera. We don't even know what we're filming. But you're very conscious that you need to do this, this, and this to get a shot. So it, it, it adjusts your kind of navigation, and you start veering off towards <laughs> weird and wonderful places. Well, I couldn't even direct you guys, because I had to stay off camera, so I was behind you, and I was just following wherever yeah. you guys well, were Wynn's, going. Wynn's I didn't really get a choice. Win at this point, was basically carrying 65 bags. Yeah. And using two phones as a viewfinder for the cameras. And doing the sound. And listening to sound. Mm. So her senses were completely <laughs> akin to someone that's basically completely had a mental meltdown. <laughs> and trying to avoid certain angles. So Pretty much. Yeah. People were looking at me. Pretty, yeah. Well, they were looking at us strange because we were looking like two, we were... Two massive white guys with cameras on their heads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's never really that's happened new. in Macau. Yeah. It's like, well, don't we usually see these people on motocross bikes? They don't really see them walking around with these GoPros on their heads are they about to jump off a building exactly it was very strange i think they thought we'd just come out of the coal mines that don't exist in mm. uh, macau so anyway we were walking along pretty cool because at this time it was now night like mm. proper night but because macau it's all another thing that's fascinating is like the neons of hong kong aren't there it's all leds like yeah. small led lights lighting everything up which are actually brighter mm-hmm. but very strange it's like creating a neon light with a thousand little tiny pebble lights you know it's quite a weird vibe and they're there as soon as you step out aren't they as soon and they're always on Mm -hmm. day night whatever yeah so when we were walking down here like it was kind of like you get to some places get really adjusted because we had to do all of this with shades on as well yeah so (laughs) it was like 
looking a lot darker than it was for, for Pete and I. We were missing so much stuff. Wynn kept stopping the film and going, you missed something, you missed something. That's a really good thing over there and you missed it. We couldn't see a goddamn thing. That's the thing that I was trying to say to Wynn whilst being in character, recording sound, very difficult. I was shocked when I took my glasses off at the end to see actually oh, no. it's not that dark yeah, at all, yeah. is to it? To us, it looked like it was really like super dark with neon lights. Yeah, because you know? yours are quite dark and I've got the kind of well, mine are, mine style. Mine are polarised, so yeah. every touch screen or any screen nearby <laughs> looks like it's wobbling my face up. It was proper weird. Like It's kind of like looking at a screen and it turns into slimy, viscous liquid. And like basically, so, you know, it was it was different. And we got through the end of it. But yeah, like you said, as soon as we took the shades off and, and sort of de-rigged for the day, it was like we'd gone back to dusk, wasn't it? Yeah. It was kind of crazy. But those cameras, and just to throw out there, if anyone's uh, trying to film with GoPro, the, it's the Hero 7 we got. And uh, it's an amazing piece of kit. That really, It's quite affordable, really good for so many things, but uh, definitely worth a look if, if you're out there trying to find something just to sort of get into the film business, really. It's a great documentary camera, I'd say. And boy, have I got a theme song for them. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, played at the fountain. I need a hero. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. It's yeah. actually I the need hero seven, seven black, even if you got the one that's not black. They're all the same. Of... It's just color differences. No, I know, but I mean, like... Yeah, but even the white ones are called black. That's what I'm saying. I think it's part oh, of the really? it's hero seven black. Oh, that's confusing. That's confusing <laughs> if you get a silver black camera. I don't get it. Anyway, it's cool. Don't BMW do the same with their cars? One of the divisions. Yeah, they, they create their Hero 7 car, don't they? Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> it's very hard to film with that, though, I, I find. Oh, I don't know. The reversing camera's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all right. It makes a loud noise, though, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. really? Especially when you can't reverse and you wreck it. What was that song that that van was playing when it was reversing the other week? Oh, the Pink Panther theme that's song. That's the one. Yeah, we were... Well, that's another... We're going to... It's just... Just jolting. It's, a, it's another tangent quickly, yeah. but we're at a supermarket where it's a truck. Just a normal looking yep. truck. Food service truck, something like this, delivering... This is in Hong Kong. Really close to where we are. And it started reversing really close to where Pete mm -hmm. is, I should say. And it was playing a Pink Panther. In, in England, they'll be beeping or saying, this vehicle is reversing. Yeah, yeah but here now, this Pink Panther <laughs> yeah. uh, theme song. Which is Still a better, makes you look. It's, it well, it does. But it it's, was, also, it fantastic. it's also all of us that are from the UK will go, where's the ice cream truck? Yeah. Or something like that. We're looking for it. Actually, most of the um, the trucks have uh, the Doraemon theme song. Which <laughs> if, yeah, but if you're, in, if you're in the UK, you don't have a clue no, what that know, means. But... So well done. I was surprised is what I'm saying, because yeah, usually yeah. it's that song. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not the Pink Panther. It's... It's just typical Hong Kong life that it's uh it's full of surprises. But going back to Macau after the massive tangents we keep doing. Um, so yeah, the ending of that place is cool. At the end, actually, interesting location because I think in the episode we called it to two uh, shop owners reading books. Yes. Uh, basically, that shop was really bizarre but cool, and Macau's mm. full of this stuff, especially in that side of it where you've just got these shops. You're not really sure what they're selling. Probably whiskey, mostly. I think that place sold spirits and stuff like this. Yeah, just random drinks and yeah stuff. It was kind of like so, like Seven Eleven for grown-ups. Yeah, I would put it out like strictly for grown-ups. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was cool to see it. And that's another thing about Macau. Mm. Like you, you kind of go through streets where there is nothing. Like in Hong Kong, it's all convenience everywhere. Mm. In Macau, it's like a pumpkin shop chopping up spring onions or cats just staring at you or 
there's two people watching TV news highlights whilst selling dominoes or something. It's it's that kind of a place, mm. but it's really, really cool. And what I will say is, because I went in to get the drinks, um, yeah. and I took 220 Hong Kong notes off you. Mm-hmm. So 40, $40, which is four quid. Um, now, a lot For of these small cokes, places... Right? Well, two cokes. that's the thing. They don't have any prices on. No. So she could have quite easily took the $40 and said, yeah, yeah, that's how much it is. Yeah. But now she just, you know, took the one of them and like, that's it. $20 for the two. Yeah. So we got one pound per bottle of coke. Mm. So yeah, she could have quite easily ripped me off. But it's also important to point out, this is the equivalent of a convenience store in the UK, mm. which is private. So non-affiliated, which is usually more expensive mm. than the corporate ones. So the fact that it, it, it shows you difference, man. Yeah, it's quite an amazing place. Even Hong Kong has that, though. It was probably $7, so she probably ripped you off without you knowing. Yeah, yeah. It was probably Possibly. like it's probably like 50p, but, you know, whatever. But it was, it was a bottle. But then we finished filming wrapping. At this point, Wim was feeling a bit dubious, to say the least, because we were deciding what we were going to do to get home, because to get off Macau, at this point, was we were climbing towards 8 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and the last ferry back is 10 past to Tunman. It, it goes a bit later to other places but for us to get yeah, it to something. yeah for us to get home we have to be at the ferry port for at least 10 past 8 right so the other option was a helicopter they do do <laughs> helicopter lifts yeah. that we found out was like 400, 400 pounds each I think yeah. plus mm-hmm. which is mm. probably Less expensive to fly to Japan from here. Mm. But it would only take 15 minutes. So if you were in a big rush... It would take 15 (laughs) minutes. It's not a good sale. It takes 15 minutes. So you spend 400 quid on a 15-minute trip. You'd want that to be a a two-and-a-half-hour luxury trip around everywhere whilst eating like uh, amazing sushi and having champagne. But no, it was pretty much just a 15-minute flight Mm -hmm. to the island in a helicopter. So... Well, that's a good way of spending your million pounds in that other question that you oh, asked. Yeah. 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 Well, how, no, how to burn your money, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, go to Macau 400 million times a day or something? <laughs> I don't know. Um, the point is, there's a lot of ways off the island. I think there's probably taxes you can do, but they'll stop because they have to internationally change because the taxes from Macau don't go all the way. We were trying to deduce that, like if you could actually get a taxi halfway across or something like this. Because I say that, because only for a year, it's only been a year in, active, uh, in activity, really, opened up last year. It's taken nine years for them to build it, something like this. There is actually a bridge from Macau that links directly into Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge, and it links these three areas. So Yeah, Zhuhai being a place in China. Zhuhai is uh, north of Macau. It's like on the border of Macau. So yeah, it links Macau, China, and Hong Kong, essentially by bridge. Not to be confused with Shenzhen, which is in a different location. Zhuhai is like a peninsula district, isn't it? From the map you show me. Uh, Zhuhai is exactly on top of the Macau Peninsula. Peninsula, yeah. yeah. So it's very cool, man, because Mm. this whole bridge, we actually saw it from the catamaran going in. And it looked empty. It looked like no one was using it. Mm -hmm. We weren't really sure at this point if we could use it uh so when obviously did quick research saying yeah no it's all open and everything's cool but the actual bridge itself is how long is it five kilometers which is about 34 miles yeah we broke mm. it down to about 34 that is one hell of a trip that's yeah it's one hell of a trip and so we were thinking well we could totally do that and film 
we that was the plan. If we film a gimmick saying that we're going to get off here in style and end up on a bus, <laughs> hopefully in, in your head, double-decker or something like this, sitting out the front, you would see it like a simulation where it's just the longest bridge ever. But that was in your head because I did see a few double-deckers mm-hmm. uh, as we were going down uh, towards on the catamaran. When we got to the actual place to take the bus, which was an amazing trip in itself because we went from the ferry port, then we had to find a shuttle, like not the casino shuttles, but a shuttle bus that takes you to the Macau, a totally different area of Macau. That was an electric coach as well. Mm. The place itself is quite a way out and we had to go through all the residential stuff. Like we went through a, a kind of mid-island bit mm-hmm. where there was like residency and stuff like this. Pretty amazing place. Looked pretty cool. Very much like Hong Kong. Remind me of Tin Wai actually. Mm. Uh, and then you kind of dip into what I can only say looked like a military, um, unfinished military base. Yeah. Because it was just vast, really expansive place. It's all reclaimed land as well. Yeah. And pretty much empty. Totally empty. Nothing. There's Mm. like some skyscrapers and stuff, which didn't have any specifics what it was. There was something that was like a car park, I guess, but it literally, to me, just looked like a go-kart rally. It was Yeah, we were looking down at it, weren't we, thinking go-karts would be great here. Absolutely vast place. Kind of sort of thing that you would see more in America, actually. Mm -hmm. Like as as a kind of civic sort of terminal or something like this for transport, whatever. It was really, really vast. And once we got into this place, it was kind of like so late. Everyone who was working there was half asleep. Yeah. So the check-in was really, really weird. <laughs> you kind of still had to check all your bags and stuff, do yeah. them, go through an x-ray and whatnot. And then you just walk through the thing. You went which, through security and you beeped. Nobody cared. Yeah, I literally beeped. I was carrying I was carrying a tripod, kids. I wasn't carrying like a bunch of ninja weapons. You're, you're the only one that beeped. I was the only we one that beeped. We had our phones and That's, coins yeah, and all yeah. sorts you, on you us. Had, well, you had like uh, nunchucks and, and all yeah, kinds yeah. of stuff. I just walked I got through. That metal arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just walked through. It beeped once, and they just kept. They kept almost like I was putting them out. <laughs> We're just like, can you go for God's sake? So obviously I did. Um, but basically, this is the weirdest thing. This place is so so big. It's only been open for like nine months, something like this. Uh, just over a year. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it was like dead empty. So yeah. like you walk through this massive corridor, which I honestly think there was loads of two-way mirrors everywhere. Mm. So I made a, a sort of joke observation to people saying, I'm pretty sure that's all the observation holding cells. Because there was like 50 of them. <laughs> yeah. And as you're walking down, like it was just this vast, vast place. Like it was, the yeah. NEC. Massive. It was like the NEC in Birmingham, the National Exhibition mm-hmm. Centre. But nothing. Yeah. Like nothing was there. It was just a big endless corridor. You go down there, get to the other side of that and then there was meant to be restaurants but they weren't even up yet mm-hmm. it was just empty lots with like bin liners and stuff covering the windows <laughs> it's really dystopian anyone out there who wants to do the ideal international zombie film yeah that'd be a great place to that's film the it. place to do it right but um i got to nip into the bathroom there everything was really good the thing about hong kong everything's so much cleaner here it's less messed up and disturbed and nuts and you don't have homeless people in there having a shower uh, not saying that you do uh, anywhere else except for LA <laughs> Union Station shout out but basically <laughs> but basically um, what you're getting is like it's very new it's very unfinished kind of a thing it's sort of like it's sort of an accident waiting to happen that area and the only thing that they had and we were all desperate for water and stuff at this point was vending machines mm-hmm. of which 
we made a friend I think was Portuguese. Yeah. Briefly. It was quite he thought helpful. we were confused at how it worked. Yeah, he thought that we didn't know how to use change. Mm. Um, Whereas it just wouldn't take my money. It just wouldn't take it, yeah, because yeah. of the Macanese well, It was thing. interesting because it would take Macanese Hong Kong dollars or renminbi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some what weird... What have you got? We'll yeah. have it. Well, everything's a different shape here because coins here have got weird shapes. Yeah, the $2 coins are mad. Yeah, and there's like, like what, the flowery ones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird designs mm-hmm. on them. But anyway, so we got through that, ended up waiting on our bus, thinking, yeah, we're going to gear up ready to film. Wind's like, I hope you got a plan if it isn't a double-decker. We walked past the double-decker, it wasn't <laughs> our one. And they put you on something like a coach. It's basically yeah. like the average coach that you'd have going anywhere in the UK. We sat on that, minding our own business, go to the back of the bus, where we're all setting up, thinking, yeah, this is great, until two realisations sunk in. One, the chair's were built for people half our size, P and I. They also had the comfort of a dentist chair, mm-hmm. the neck rest, which is nice that they got molded neck rests were for five foot two people. Yeah, they were so, digging right, right into in our, our shoulder, shoulder blades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> couldn't move them at all. Couldn't couldn't do a thing. No. Nope. We were the giants on the people bus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very, very annoying. So God knows what it feels like if you're a ten foot lad. Or a seven-footer or some kind of professional wrestler. <laughs> it was really, really, really nuts. Mm-hmm. So we go in there. We're tucked in away, thinking, yeah, we're going to have space. We actually had the seat in front of us. Everything was good until everyone arrived mm. and it became packed. And we had that fun woman, didn't we? <laughs> she sat down um, on the seat in front, directly in front of me. Yeah. And has then tried to recline her chair. Yeah. Of which your knees were literally supporting the back yeah. of the chair at this point. And she hasn't just tried once. She's hit my knees a good three times yeah. and then looked at me like it's my fault. And also like you were the biggest inconvenience yeah. of her life. Because she made some claim of I've got a neck injury or something. And he was like, oh, my neck hurts. I have to recline the chair. And I'm like, his knees it's are there. It's physically impossible. <laughs> exactly. So she then made us the ultra villain of mm-hmm. her life. Yeah, like, why do you have to sit there? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So then she then moves. Uh, a friend of hers sits in front of you who had longer legs, mm-hmm. which was nice. They're probably older as well. A lad. And, uh, you didn't have to. There was another seat. Oh, there's loads. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. They're, they're, yeah, but we don't want to... Yeah, it's just a lot of illogical stuff. Mm. This is around... It happens. This is probably around nine o'clock at night, and we, we'd been filming all day, yeah. so we're all wrecked. So we were going to do the ending on this bus, but within seconds we realised that was an impossibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we that led to a massive argument in Cantonese with all of her friends <laughs> who just started yelling at her. This lad then sits next to Wynn in front of Pete on his chair, and he was probably in his probably 50s, early 60s probably, something like this. Mm. 60s, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And literally, we're all chilling out. We're like, we're debating filming at this point because it's quite a busy bus. We're debating what we can do as a finisher because we thought it'd be really cool to see this long, massive bridge because no one's really seen us back home. And as soon as I think you pulled the camera out, the lad next to you, this this old geezer, whacks his phone on full volume to something that I can only call a South Central Royal Rumble Los Angeles style <laughs> with more swearing than most X-rated movies. It was In English, crazy. Yeah. I don't think he was listening to it, nope. but it was on full volume. <laughs> it was just literally like listening to everyone saying every bad word as loud as they could <laughs> for about 20 minutes. 
pretty much. It was crazy. So at this point, I'm like, yeah, we're not filming. Uh, this is uh, we can do. We can get away with most things. Most things mm-hmm. we can get away with. Not but that. Pete didn't have wiggle room at all. He was literally slammed into the corner. <laughs> Basically, my knee was part of his leg at this point. Yep. So we were both in a very similar position. I've never felt closer to you. Well, there was actually a young guy next to me, and he just found us hilarious because he just thought (laughs) this is the funniest thing I've ever seen because he saw the odd woman slamming the the thing on you, and he just lost it a little bit. So then, anyway, we filmed some of this stuff. We'll probably try and show you in a series. We were filming some of the bridge and Mm -hmm. what we could get as an angle. It was very difficult, Mm -hmm. but just to give you guys an impression of how vast this thing is, it's absolutely loopy. You got a nice angle as you're leaving of Zhuhai. You got the skyline, and it was pretty cool to see that part of China, uh, just across the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's around the same as the the ferry, about forty minute traveling time. Go through what I thought was a mountain tunnel, but you guys were right; it's actually a sea tunnel. But you under 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 sea, under sea, tunnel, sea. Yeah. But the thing is, you're on one level the yeah. whole time, so you it's don't very feel it confused. At all, do you? Yeah, no, it's very confusing. I was very confused. (laughs) And plus, Google Maps hasn't actually got it on yet. So it looks like you're just in the the sea. Just traveling the sea. (laughs) Just traveling the sea and hopping a mountain Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Very interesting stuff. When we approached Hong Kong, because you come out by the airport parallel to it on Lantau, you're literally seeing the airplanes uh, land and stuff like this. Pete and I looked to the left at this point, probably half delirious tripping out on just fatigue. I hadn't slept at this point for like nearly 30 hours. So when you were looking at the runway, it was strobing out. Like it was really rapid quick. And I've deduced that I think it's because of the speed that planes come and go from that airport. Because it was almost like when we were looking... I think they all come and go from the airport at the same speeds, whatever airport it is. No, my point is the frequency (laughs) of which they're landing and taking off. Because whilst we were watching that, we had three planes land. Yeah. It was that fast. Within five minutes. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. What minutes, really? Mm. Really, really. Five five is minutes. Yeah, minutes. Yeah. Five of them. Yeah. Uh, so as we come through there, we got to the Hong Kong terminal port for the bus mm-hmm. route. And it is really strange because you have a day like this, and very few people get this unless you go to France. The culture changes that happen mm. that day are immense. So when you come back to Hong Kong, it feels like you've literally gone somewhere completely different and then you've come back to Hong Kong, almost like the experience is like going to Wales and then coming back to England where yeah. all the road signs are so different. And yet it's all the same language. Yeah. It's very, very, mm-hmm. it, you feel it. And we came back around this time, probably nearly 10 at this point, mm-hmm. I would imagine. And it was kind of relief. The, the the contrast as well, like Macau was like that whole unfinished everything sort of bizarre like it, it is dystopian there's nothing going on in the airport you get back to hong kong and it literally looks like another terminal of the airport it's all finished yeah. everything's rendered it's all good then we had to get another bus so we, we were there waiting going through waiting in line blah 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 for the next bus i just want to add something because the bridge is in chinese waters and that's why they have to drive on the other side of the road Oh, yeah. While they're on the bridge. Yeah, that was actually something that Pete noticed. Because yeah. you, you basically all the China's right-hand side drive. And on the bridge, we're on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everything was overtaking the hell out of us because we were on, I don't know what we were on, <laughs> budget budget cut bus or something. 
uh, old granny freak out bus. I don't know. <laughs> but when we got to Hong Kong, we didn't even notice that. It was just parked. Basically, so, just basically parked, so. between the two ports, you drive like you're in China. Yeah. And then after the ports is whatever, wherever you are. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, it is the longest sea crossing in the world. Currently. Yeah. <laughs> At time of recording. <laughs> At time of recording. <laughs> and it went totally over budget when they were building it. Like, it was delayed which is why it took nine years yeah, yeah. so i just want to add some fun facts because it took i think it cost about more than 18 billion u.s dollars to build this thing for china that's just the weekly wage of a farmer yeah <laughs> i need to be a farmer in china <laughs> didn't tell you what a farming <laughs> anyway <laughs> for the same amount of time like 40 minutes right 40 minutes ride to macau it cost a lot less than the ferry yeah oh a lot less yeah. six pound forty uh, sixty-five dollars, so six pound fifty. Six pound fifty for the trip. Yeah, the ferry is about twenty quid per person, and it's it's like the same time. It's actually a lot mm. smoother. The thing is that when we got to the Hong Kong port, actually, because again you have to do customs both leaving and arriving. Yes. When we got to the Hong Kong arrival, <laughs> we had a right fun in game because you obviously have to redo all the forms, the arrival yeah. forms and stuff. One pen was yeah. working. One pen. It's like eight of us. Stupid idiots from the West, you know, standing Aww. around each other. Uh, some girl who was probably just really tired. Everyone's kind of wrecked yeah. at this point. I think they were American, her and her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we had to wait all in turns. I thought I could get through with the slips and stuff that I got, but I've, obviously I couldn't. I totally forgot. I had like three pens in my bag. Well, that's fine. It's very well. Good. Thank you for well, that. Win. I went in too fast. You'd, you'd literally, you'd literally <laughs> been and gone. You literally been and gone whilst we were waiting to just know that we had to do it. <laughs> so um, we got through all of that stuff, and then coming out the Hong Kong side, waiting to get the bus back. Basically, like that's another journey. So that mm. was so we'd done what like forty minutes back from Macau. We it took us a long time to get to the bus terminal because of the. The coach to get there, the shuttle yeah, bus. Yeah, that got stuck in traffic. That got stuck. And yeah. the, I mean, traffic in Macau is <laughs> it's pretty much akin mm-hmm. to, to uh, well, LA or, or somewhere like that. Very, very, very... It uh, wasn't that long. 15, maybe 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah, but it wasn't a long way. No. It was like three miles or something. <laughs> so basically, by the time all said and well, by the time we actually got back here, we got the bus back here, it's a hell of a trip from the airport back. And obviously you're on Lantau, so it's, it's a big trip back. We got here probably just after 10. And then we went out and we had noodles. We did. Which is the thing you do here. Oh, mm-hmm. That's one thing that I would miss in England as well. So restaurants that open late. Yeah. Stay yeah. Open late. Um, and not only that, restaurants that stay open until like say 1130, which this one did, they have a late night menu. So things yes. get cheap after yeah. 9 p.m. Yeah, rather than get more expensive, yeah. which everywhere else it would do. <laughs> Walk into my place after 10 o'clock, I want to slap you. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that's the menu you get. Yeah. It, it just slaps you around the face. Mm-hmm. But basically, like, it's an interesting uh, conundrum. It did feel, it felt so strange once we were all back here. It really does feel like you've done an adventure, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like... You, you have left the country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it, it is a journey. Of course, but it's like the way Hong Kong is, collection of islands, it, mm. it all feels very similar even in Macau, really. There are obviously massive differences, but the feeling of coming back is quite significant. It mm. felt like that the last time we went, uh, 2014, but this time there is a stark contrast. And it was kind of that that I wanted to wrap up today with because obviously there's a lot of people in panic and concern of, um, of Chinese takeovers and stuff like this. Macau's balanced it very well, I think. 
It's a very perfect harmony between the two. And one thing that I did notice, you know, what you have in Hong Kong, uh, that's different over there. The base price on stuff here is actually cheaper for a lot of stuff, which obviously must be import tax or whatever in, in Macau. But it's also kind of relaxing here. Obviously, it's what we know. And it's a bigger space. I think that always helps when you leave a bigger space or a condensed space. It always feels like yeah. Macau, kind of claustrophobic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the thing that I liked in Macau is you heard nothing about the craziness happening here. Nah. The, none of that. And everyone was super happy that day because mm. of the festival and stuff like this. Mm. That's an important thing to just throw out there as a kind of wrap up is the fact that you can have this condensed claustrophobic society, but there's still a lot of warmth and happiness there. No. no one's really nuts. You never saw any crazy anything. No. It's very much like um, that kind of Mediterranean flavor. Yeah. People sleeping on, you know, park benches <laughs> just because they're, you know, hot and tired or whatnot. The old lads with the beers by their feet, mm. you know, just crashed out. It's kind of all familiar sights from, from Europe. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back here, you know, it sort of branches out and you're back in Hong Kong. And it's like returning from France to England after a mm. booze cruise. It literally is, isn't it? Yeah. It's the same it vibe. So anyone who has the opportunity, especially if you're in Hong Kong and you've got a day spare or something like this, pop over. You can do a lot in Macau in a day. Yep. We did tons in a day. And we only spent 30 quid mm -hmm. each, really, roughly around that. For transportation. Just for well, food and everything. It was because we, we were quite cheap. We always went for the cheap stuff. McDonald's and mm. a Macanese pork and I had a fish cutlet and. <laughs> And you had a plate. Yours was quite cheap as well. You had that yeah, it was shredded chicken with veg and rice. Yeah, yeah, with an egg on top, mm -hmm. literally, and a partridge from a hair tree. Yeah, but just saying that because you can do it on a budget. Yeah, you can really do it on a budget. And obviously, if you don't mind walking, hiking, if hiking's a thing, it's amazing for that. Like just not for the naturalism of it, not for get, getting off into like the trees and all this stuff, but basically like just seeing sort of a hike through reality. It's mm -hmm. an amazing journey. Really cool. So if you get to, to go there, especially when there's a festival on or something like this, it's great. It's a good, good, good thing to do. Don't go in April because it'll be rainy. <laughs> well, rain season still has its charms. Yeah, but you can't walk in, like, torrential rain. Yeah, but, like... Here's I mean, the, we did, but... Yeah, we, we definitely did, but, you know, we're it's from... It's not pleasant. We're from the UK. If we you should. go in April, you will get the... And this is a package holiday deal. You will get the Blackpool in Asia special because that's exactly what it's like it's blackpool and asia special just not through thomas cook anymore because uh <laughs> oh dear oh well mm. but they will redeem all you liverpool supporters that bought tickets to them apparently according to the website i read last <laughs> night anyway so go to macau endorse it's great it's a great place you gotta enjoy it do not take the premiere trip i think it's a con just stick with a standard catamaran, it's fine. Or take the bridge, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's cheapest and really, really good. Actually, if uh, you're a senior or for children, I, I'm not sure about students. If you're a senior child. <laughs> for, <laughs> it's only $33. For a senior child. So it's for a senior child. And a senior citizen. It's less than half price. Mm -hmm. Or senior child. Or senorita child. I don't know. Some kind of seniority complex child. Half price. Half price. <laughs> so that's about it. So that's our Macau wrapper and uh, the special cover, two parts. Hope we didn't pause it to pineapple for too long. <laughs> because if you do, you turn Hawaiian and have a pizza, apparently. Pineapple pizza, man. Where have you been for the last yeah. 30, 30 years? It's all right. Get out.
It's not all Get right. Out. Do you know what that comes from? And this is a tangent, last Idiot. tangent of the day. The Hawaiian I pizza. I'm going to get beat up in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> the Hawaiian pizza is because of the people that grew up in the 70s who had cheese and pineapple on uh-huh. stick parties <laughs> saying, we should put that on a pizza and then two birds, one stone, pal. Is that true? I reckon no. it is. I reckon that's true. No. Well, it doesn't exist in Hawaii. It doesn't. It's not a Hawaiian thing. It doesn't. And if it did, it's racist as hell because everything that's Hawaiian is meant to have pineapple with it. It's not really Italian, though, either. Of course it isn't. It never existed Yeah, Italy. so maybe, maybe you're right. I am right. It's the generation of cheese and pineapple on sticks. That's my theory. No one actually knows where it was invented. <laughs> it's probably invented... At some kind of McCain pizza conference or Dr. Octa or some <laughs> Chicago okay, town or that... someone like this, Domino's board meeting, <laughs> and they said, What's the craziest thing that we should put on a pizza next? Pineapple. All right, done. And baked beans. Baked bean pizza. Uh... Actually, nice. That is gross. Mm-hmm. That is a fish that no, would kill actually me. Quite nice. I'm allergic to pinto beans. So I've just told everyone how to assassinate me. Well, Brilliant. Apparently, it's the most popular pizza in Australia. So it's Australia's fault. That explains it. Aussies are nuts. And they grew up with cheese and pineapple on sticks at their parties. But the UK's most popular pizza is margarita, which is just boring. Mm. It's cheese and tomato for layman, and it's the original. It's the original Napoli pizza. So there you go. Anyway, so anyway. yeah, because uh, there you go, because it was named after Prince Margaret, who, Margarita, who, who travelled. It's a long story. Margarita. Margaret, Margaret, Margaret. I am great. Yeah. So we've said enough. That's the wrap up. We will be back next time going back to the Q&A format before extra production uh, adventures on Sue because on Sue and Sue depends if you're French or not. Yeah, because basically like, well, yeah, we're going to just do a Q&A next time because mm-hmm. we can. It's just the power that we have. So stay tuned for that. And if you've got any questions, throw them out, please. In the comments, whatever. Give us the questions, go on social media, when I'll tell you that, because now I'll pass you over to her for the wrap-up. Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA.